0: welcome to FYI, the Public Libraries podcast. Our guest today is Valerie Gross, President and CEO of the Howard County Library System in Maryland. An educator and attorney for 30 years, Valerie holds a Master of Music from the San Francisco Conservatory of Music, a Master of Library Science from San Jose State University, and a law degree from Golden Gate University School of Law. She is a member of the ALA, PLA, MLA, and the California Bar Association. She is also the developer and advocate of a new vision for libraries, Libraries Equal Education, which we're going to discuss in today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, Valerie. Thank you so much, Kathleen. Why don't you give us a brief overview of the Libraries Equal Education movement?
1: It all started back in 2001 when I was Well, I had the opportunity to join this wonderful library system here in Howard County, Maryland. Howard County Library, we have about 300,000 residents, and we have six branches. At any rate, back in 2001 when I came here, a very kind county council member took me aside. He said, Valerie, I just need to tell you this. You aren't even on the radar. I looked at her. I said, well, what do you mean? Howard County Library System is not in the general plan. We are, in fact, we've been talking about how we'll be needing fewer branches instead of more because of the Internet. And I said, oh, my goodness, that is very much a a misguided notion. We began looking at the school system and Howard Community College here in Howard County, and we realized that they had probably together $100 million set aside for capital projects. Everybody was talking about increasing their operating budgets and the value that is placed on education and we said, well we're education too we are a lifetime of education they are part of our customer base and we are infants through seniors beyond them and so we started looking and saying you know part of this is our own issue we are using we are not communicating to this community to the to the to the leaders who are making the decisions that we are, in fact, their highest priority alongside the school system and the community college. We started developing this Libraries Equals Education vision that is self-explanatory. It conveys precisely who we are, what we do, and why we matter from the very words that we use. And, And so that was the impetus for it all. But it comprises really three components. So first, you establish yourself as an educational institution on equal footing with schools, colleges, and universities, and the second prong to that is your library team is is uh, you are a team of educators and support staff. The second is to subscribe to this uh, a component, this notion that everything you do falls under three easy to remember pillars. Then the third piece is subscribing to a set of strategic vocabulary that conveys precisely what we mean with the terminology so that people outside the profession understand it. We don't have to explain anymore wh- what we do. So that like the school system and the community college here in Howard County and any university, their inherent value is not challenged. Like like public libraries, our inherent value tends to be challenged. It puts libraries on par, and so that uh, 100 percent of Americans with this approach, just like schools, colleges, and universities, 100 percent of Americans will know exactly why we are their highest value.
0: Could you expand a little bit on the three pillars? Three pillars
1: is a way to succinctly convey in a memorable way a crystal clear purpose for our profession. With the three pillars, you speak about everything libraries do under each of these three pillars. First of all, the definition of education, which includes formal education that leads to a degree, but the definition also includes information about a subject matter. That's what libraries have, right? Information, but that's part of the definition. The process of acquiring knowledge, knowledge acquired by learning, and an enlightening experience is part of the definition of education. So absolutely everything we do falls under this broad definition. So the three pillars succinctly compartmentalizes our entire curriculum. So the first pillar is self-directed education. That includes anything our experts make available to the general public, to students of all ages, if you will, so that they can find it on their own. It could be print, e-books, anything that they find on their own because we have made it available to them. The second pillar is research assistance and instruction. So Our instructor and research specialists deliver personalized research assistance to anyone, any age, on any subject matter that they would like to be assisted with, we can teach them how to conduct research, or we can guide them through it, uh, or we can conduct it on their behalf. The second pillar also includes classes, seminars, workshops for all age groups that would include infants, preschool, K through 12, a key a key component of our customer base, college, university, and then all of the adults. Then the third pillar is instructive and enlightening experiences. A lot of library systems talk about the community center, building community. That's great, but by itself, it's not going to receive top funding priority. But put that under the third pillar of our educational mission, and suddenly it rises to a a level that is funded on par with with um, educate puts it part of the education component um, so so the community center the partnerships that we develop all fall under that third pillar bringing the community together bringing people together to experience and discuss ideas the second reason that the three pillars works very effectively is that It cuts off at the past the concept, like, um, are libraries a waste of taxpayer money? Do we need them still with the internet? I get everything off of Google. Why do I need you? But if you talk about the three pillars, it doesn't matter what happens to the printed book. I think it will be around for centuries to come, myself, because it has been, and it's just one of those mediums that is timeless. But it doesn't matter because self-directed education is timeless. The second pillar research assistance and instruction, timeless. Yes, it will change the manner in which we teach, the manner in which we deliver research, but the very concept itself is timeless. Similarly with the third pillar, instructive and enlightening experiences, timeless. So if you speak in terms of all three, it always incorporates all three, and then people fund what they value, and and so they finally understand
0: The idea of the three pillars really succinctly conveys the library's equal education idea. And you also have developed a graphic that shows this idea very well, too.
1: It's a really great tool to have on your website to put it in testimony that you might be presenting to your various, whatever your funding entities are, to use it on marketing tools that that precisely conveys in, in a visual, memorable way.
0: Let's move into strategic language, which is an important component of the library's equal education idea. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: We tend to, in our profession, shy away a bit from the word education because we somehow link it to formal education, even though it is so broadly defined. And, and so instead of saying lifelong learning, to consider saying lifelong education or public education for all, or continuing education. And the reason why that's beneficial is because you don't hear your elected officials saying that their highest priority is learning. You hear our highest priority is education. Take, for instance, story time. What does that convey to an outside group? Here in Howard County, we decided very early on to get rid of the word story time, And start calling them children's classes that teach the foundations of reading, rhythm, rhyme, alliteration, sounds and words, and any subject matter, including math and science, through children's literature. So if you are the mayor of your city or the county executive of your county or the governor of your state, what are you going to fund more, story time or a children's class? that teaches the foundations of reading. You see the power of, of that language. We tend to use the word program in our profession, and that's another one of those nothing words that, just like story time, conveys very, very little to an outside person who doesn't understand that it really is a class or a workshop or a seminar And so to switch over to that terminology is is very beneficial because then it elevates the the perceived value of what it is. Understand that nothing we're talking about here involves changing anything we do. It involves modifying what we say, which is why it is so effective because all you do is is change the description of what you do to receive the full credit. Maybe a final example for, for this podcast would be getting rid of reference and switching that with research. And if you look up the definition, reference doesn't mean at all what we say or how we mean it when we say it. And that's because there is a word that means precisely what we mean when we say the word reference. And that word is research, a systematic way to establish facts.
0: If a library wanted to start baby steps in this direction, what would be one or two you would recommend that they look at?
1: Well, I think those three are very good ones to look at because we use them quite a bit. Somehow program, I think, is even more prevalent because it crosses really all age groups. Um, uh, But story time, program, reference, Uh, some of the titles can be looked at to switch titles to more intuitive ones like circulation clerk tends to be a title that could very easily be switched over to customer service specialist. We all want to deliver extraordinary customer service customer service desk instead of a circulation desk, or um, research seems to be an easier one for libraries to move into, and, and perhaps customer service. Some of the others are a little bit foreign at first. Titles like director and executive director, those are middle management positions in a business or in an educational setting. New York public perhaps led the way with president and CEO in Boston. Hard County Library System, our trustees here, chose to go that route. They first needed to change their own language, changing president of the board and vice president of the board to chair and vice chair.
0: What are some simple steps a library might take if they were interested in beginning to implement Libraries Equal Education?
1: Well, in addition to deciding which terms would like to start with, and there's a whole list of these terms in a book I've written about this, Transforming Our Image, Building Our Brand, The Education Advantage. They're also included, well, actually not a whole lot in in the article, um, Moving Up to First Class, Libraries Equals Education, that was in public libraries in, I think, August, wasn't it? The book includes a whole series of proposed, strong terminology to, to consider to heighten the perceived value and, and so to choose those and to begin to implement them internally you need to give your staff members a voice book a guidance as to what to use and why well explain to them why and then which terms are, are being moved forward and then give them guidance as to how to use it understand that it will take time meanwhile start using the words in thank-you notes to the community. Today I signed some thank-you letters for people who had given year-end donations to Howard County Library System. I said thank you so much for supporting high-quality public education for all. Howard County Library System's website is a good one to go look at for some of the strong terminology. And as many libraries are doing, work even more closely with your schools, colleges, and universities. If you can, develop a partnership, and a, a comprehensive, established partnership. Call it something absolutely wonderful. In Howard County, we call it A-plus partners in education. really great to use that opportunity to really demonstrate that you are a, a contributing factor to the success of the academics of K-12 through and colleges and universities. But don't stop there. That's simply a way to align yourselves with the already understood definition of education. So to be moving to this crystal clear, strong, powerful language is a bit scary for some. In any group, there will be 20% who will jump on the opportunity and say, oh, my goodness, this is the next best thing since sliced bread. I'm in. When can I start? How can I get going? There will be 10% who will say, I'm not so sure I want to go there. I'd rather stick with just what we currently are doing. And then there's a group in the middle that can be swayed either way. So you capitalize on your champions.
0: Another initiative you are involved with is called Choose Civility. I think this idea is very interesting. Do you want to share a little bit with our listeners? We, we got a group of, of people together
1: and came up with an initiative that invites everybody to choose respect, empathy, and consideration at every opportunity when interacting with others, be it at work or in their personal lives. And we invited Dr. P.M. Forney, who wrote Choosing Civility, the 25 Rules of Considerate Conduct, to our Professional Development Day. And our staff was so, so taken by this that we thought, well, this this certainly could be something bigger. So leaders in the county here, we all got together and we thought, well, maybe we'll do a New Year's resolution every year. And then somebody said, well, couldn't we just do something bigger and have it be ongoing? So we distilled... Dr. Forney's 25 rules into 15 principles, and they include treating each other with respect, listening earnestly, um, apologizing earnestly, assuming the best in others, things like that, just things that make our daily life more, more meaningful. It includes general kinds of cultural norms, and it also includes the definition of civility, rather, includes all of this. It includes universal principles of respect and feeling appreciated. And so all of this, if we focus on this, uh, will result in a community that is just more enjoyable. There will be lowered stress levels, improved health, and increased happiness overall. And, And that's really what this is all about. Libraries can be epicenters and also the catalyst for civility perhaps going Viral in, in this country and beyond, in the manner in which we all work together. It is a foundation for our democracy, and so there's an opportunity there, I think, uh, to do that. I'm actually working on a book for this. It's going to be called Civility Goes Viral Creating a, a Culture Leading the Way. And so, libraries at the helm leading this, either in response to something to improve a community or being proactive.
0: We're almost out of time, but I wanted to find out what is next for Libraries Equal Education.
1: It's a growing movement, and I would encourage anybody listening to give pieces of of it a try because it is really the most powerful, effective way to communicate in very, very few words. In fact, without needing any further explanation precisely who we are what we do, and why we matter.
0: And where can we send our listeners for more information?
1: You can go to the Howard County Library System website. Uh, The three pillars image is listed there. It's hclibrary.org. If you can remember my name, I have a website. It's valeriegross.com. And if you can remember the name of the book, it's transformingourimage.com, the three pillars image is also there. Please feel free to take it and use it. There are also any number of, of phrases, especially at my website, if you would like to go there and, and just poke around and, and you'll see some of the, the key phrases, uh, the strong edu- educational phrases, such as we design and deliver a world-class curriculum for the benefit of our diverse community, things like that that really grab and convey the value of of, uh, what we already do. And so it's, uh, it's time to get full credit for what we already do and libraries equals education can
0: take us there. Thank you very much for joining us today, Valerie. We we look forward to seeing where you go with Libraries Equal Education, and we uh, look forward to seeing Choose Civility spread across the country.
1: Well, thank you so much, Kathleen, and it's been a real honor to be one of the early people to have the privilege of being interviewed on your new series. Congratulations, and
0: thank you. Thanks, Valerie.